Hello and welcome to another edition of According to the Scriptures. You know, Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 1, he preaches the gospel and in verse 2, he says, if we keep that gospel in remembrance, it saves us. But what I'd like to do is just read from verses 3 and 4. Paul writing says, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. Therefore, everything that is said in this broadcast will be according to the scriptures. My name is Mike Crosby, and I'll be your host. I'm the minister of the South Garland Church of Christ located in Garland, Texas. Our topic this morning is going to be the one baptism. We're going to be coming from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 through 6. And the Bible says, There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Joining me today on this distinguished panel is Brother Rufus Johnson, the minister of the North DeSoto Church of Christ in DeSoto, Texas. Brother Johnson, welcome to our broadcast. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor to have you, sir. Also joining us is Brother Loyal J. Williams, Jr., one of the elders of the Freetown Road Church of Christ located in Grand Prairie, Texas. Brother Williams, it's an honor to have you here, sir. My pleasure, Brother Paul. Thank you, sir. When we talk about the one baptism, I know the Bible talks about several. It talks about the baptism of fire, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and even in the 21st century, you have people, quote, baptizing by sprinkling, baptizing by pouring. But today, let's talk about what the Bible, the New Testament says about the one baptism. First off, let me ask this question. What is the mode that the New Testament teaches for baptism? Uh, again, we've gone through, we can look in the New Testament and see many, quote, types of baptizing. There was John's baptism, and Jesus even baptized in the book of John, both of them in chapters 2, 3, and 4. However, Paul says there's only one. So, Brother Johnson, let me start with you. What is the mode of that one baptism? Well, we can see from the New Testament that the mode of baptism uh, when Paul speaks, even though he had talked about, as you said, other baptisms in the New Testament, he talks about the one baptism that is, and the mode of it is water baptism. Uh, when the Bible talks about uh, baptism, it's talking about being buried in water for the remission or the forgiveness of our sins. And yes, Paul sir. declares that there is only one. And so it sounds a little bit trite, but so we don't baptize in uh, buttermilk, we don't baptize in gasoline, uh, we don't sprinkle with gasoline or buttermilk, but in water baptism. Okay. Uh, Brother Williams, is there anything you'd like to add to that? Well, we know that when John the Baptist, who was the forerunner of Christ, uh, was baptizing, uh, we find that he was baptizing in Jordan River. Mm -hmm. uh, and because there was enough water there, uh, in order to immerse people, uh, we must presume that there has to be enough water in order to completely immerse an individual. So the mode would be barrier in baptism. Several places in scripture we might mention later that the, the uh, baptism is connected with the word buried and burial. And let me, let me piggyback off of that. 
What does the word baptism mean? Uh, where, where does that come from? Well, the word baptism comes from, uh, in, the, in our English Bible, it's a transliteration yes, sir. of a Greek word, which is baptizo. Uh, and so we get baptized, but the meaning of it is to be immersed, uh, to be buried, or uh, to be covered, yes, sir. or completely covered. And so it, it's, a, it's a dipping, it's an immersion mm -hmm. in water, and from Romans chapter 6, as Brother Williams said, we see that it is a burial. Uh, from Acts chapter 8, we see that it has to be enough to be covered. Uh, Philip uh, took the eunuch down into the water and baptized or buried or immersed him uh, for the forgiveness of the sins. Amen. Now, you said that it's from the Greek word of baptizo or baptisma is actually the, right. the, 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 the noun form of it. But couldn't a person still go to heaven if they didn't know any Greek? I mean, uh, you had mentioned that it's a burial, isn't that from uh, Romans chapter 6, verses 4 and 5? Uh, you want to elaborate on that, uh, Brother Williams? Uh, to fully understand the concept, I believe that uh, we must need know what baptism does. Uh, when the uh, when baptism was introduced by Jesus Christ, uh, we Record, it's recorded according to the scriptures in John chapter 3 in mm -hmm. uh, talking with uh, Nicodemus mm -hmm. he said except a man is born again he cannot see the kingdom of heaven yes sir and then in verse number 5 he said, said except a man is born of water and spirit yes sir he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven so one, the baptism is a new birth. It's a transformation from a life in the flesh to a life in the spirit. And the only way that is accomplished uh, in Christ is to follow uh, his example, then put to death in the flesh, and then made alive in the spirit. And the only way we can imitate that is by baptism, according to Romans chapter 6. Okay. I'll pause here unless I'll be lengthy about this. No, I, I, I'm enjoying it. Go ahead, sir. <laughs> uh, but baptism is a, the only way we can accomplish what uh, is what we commonly call a new birth. Yes, sir. It, it's not accomplished any other way, uh, regardless to how men teach that you can have a new birth. Amen. Not, according to the scriptures... Uh, if you read in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, where we started, yes, sir. and verse number 20, uh, Christ was put to death in the flesh. He was made alive in the spirit and became the first fruit of them that slept. So uh, in that 15th chapter, we are talking about a transformation uh, from an old life in the flesh to a life in the spirit. Amen. And the only way this is accomplished is through baptism, the new birth. Every man that has been born in the world has been born the same way. They have been born of mother and father mm -hmm. and have burst forth into a new existence. Amen. Uh, every man that is born spiritually has been born of water and spirit. Mm-hmm and has burst forth into new life, according to Rome, uh, Romans chapter 6, according to the scripture, 
Uh, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God I forbid. forbid. How shall Amen. we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ have been baptized into his death? Now how does the, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ have meaning in your life? Amen. Let, let, me, just, let me just interject here. Uh, we're actually going to get into that in a little bit more detail, but let's yeah. go ahead and set the stage because I'm, I know for a fact that there are many folks out there that say, well, when the Bible uses that word, uh, say, uh, for example, I'm going I'm to ask you gentlemen to turn to Acts chapter 22 and look at verse number 16. And I think we're going to really drive the point home of the mode from here. Acts twenty two sixteen, uh, in 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 the New Testament there are actual actually three words that are used for wash. Okay, you have pluno, which means to wash an inanimate object such as dishes and clothes, and you have nipto, which means just to wash a part of the body such as the face or wash your hands or when Jesus niptoed the apostles' feet in John chapter thirteen he washed their feet. But then there is luo, which means to wash the entire body. That word luo actually uh, is used, or the form of the word luo, it's, it's, it's called apalusa, is in Acts 22.16, and where talking about Paul, Paul was told to do what? Why tarriest thou? Do what? Arise and be baptized. Arise and what? Be baptized. Wash away your sins. Washing away your sins. There's that apalusa or that luo, the entire body. And when we do that, we're calling upon the name of the Lord. And so uh, the, the reason how baptism, that one baptism, is essential is because it washes away our sins. It washes away our sins when we do, as we're, as we're commanded, to have our entire bodies covered in water. Now, is the power in the water? Absolutely, absolutely not. And I think that's some people might get uh, have the false concept, you know, when we start talking about water, placing the emphasis on the water and washing the whole body. When we look at the Old Testament, we see what God's disposition has always been about obedience to Him. Yes, sir. Uh, even way back in uh, Numbers 21, when uh, the serpents came among the people and bit the people and many people died and the remedy or the antidote was to put a brazen serpent upon the pole and the people that looked up could be healed and some of the people did not look up and so you might ask uh, would we connect this with what we're talking about about being baptized in water so what was it that saved those people? What was it that healed those people? Was it the brazen serpent on the pole? Not at all. It's pretty clear. The answer is absolutely not. Well, what was it then? The formula was when they believed enough or had enough faith to act with a working faith to obey, it was God who healed them. Amen. And that's what we're saying about uh, baptism and the connection to water, except we're just saying that water happened to be the element Bearing or uh, covering the whole body happens to be the mode that God has ordained. Even with the uh, with Naaman, when he was told to go in, in in Second Kings chapter five, he was told to go and dip seven times yes, sir. in the river of Jordan yes, and he'd sir. be clean. 
and he had a little problem, a little <laughs> issue with, with going, but it also builds the case for faith. It also builds the case for obedience of doing whatever God says do, when he says do it, mm -hmm. uh, like we're saying here, according to the scripture. Absolutely. And so when Naaman finally uh, humbled himself and became obedient enough to have enough faith to actually go and obey and dip seven times in the river of Jordan, mm -hmm. it was God that, that, that healed him. And so we're not saying the water does it, but we're saying whenever you do what God says do, mm -hmm. like God says do it, mm -hmm. when God says do it, and where God says do it, God is the one who does the cleansing. And so we're saying that baptism, you know, uh, if we were to say pour a glass of water, uh, that's one of the words that's different from mm -hmm. bury. We wouldn't say bury a glass right. if we meant pour a glass or dip yes, a glass. And that's why we're saying Colossians 2.12 says that in that operating room or in that burial, in that act of baptism, or in yes, obeying sir. God by faith, God actually comes, so to speak, in the operating room and he performs an operation. And it is in that act of obedience where God comes in and removes or forgives sin. Amen. And so an individual has to make a decision. Whether they understand the Greek words, and they don't have to know a Greek word from a turkey track, uh, to understand that if you do what God says do, like God says do it, when God says do it, according to the scriptures is what we're saying here. God is the one who does the saving. Amen. If an individual does not do what God says do, like he said do it, they can't expect salvation. Amen. Um, let me go ahead and read that verse, Colossians 2.12, because that's it's a very important one. It says, Buried with him in baptism, wherein ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. So it is not necessarily the baptism that saves by itself. Right. And it is not the faith that saves by itself, because a true faith is proven in obedience. Okay. And I, if, what I'm getting from this, if we do what God says, mm -hmm. God's going to do what he's already said. Exactly. Okay? So now that brings us to another one. That brings us to another one. We've talked about the mode of baptism. Who are the candidates for baptism? Because there are some religions out there that take newborn babies and they quote baptize them and they really don't really baptize them or immerse them they simply dip their finger in some water and, and make the sign of a cross on their forehead now is that baptism or or is that a candidate for baptism well I, I, I could just say a no and be done <laughs> but you know this is according to I the scriptures say, yeah I could say a no and be done but according to the scriptures a, a, a candidate for baptism is an individual who has, first of all, been taught, Luke 24, they that have heard and have learned, yes, sir. come unto me. And until an individual has actually heard what God wants them to do, like God wants them to do it, and when, that individual is not a candidate for baptism. So the individual has to understand, first of all, who he is, where he is, what his mm -hmm. condition is, what his needs are, and recognize that Jesus is the one 
could capture all of those things and can take care of and meet those needs. Amen. An individual could actually, you know, when, when I was a child, I used to baptize my brothers and my cousins, you know. <laughs> I used to bury them or cover them up with water, but that was not New Testament baptism. Right. Uh, because I was not baptizing them, you know, according to the scriptures. In Acts chapter 8, there's an interesting story about the Philip and the eunuch. Yes, sir. And when Philip meets with the eunuch, he asks him in uh, Acts chapter 8, he said, Do you understand what you're reading? Mm -hmm. And the eunuch said, How can I except some man should guide me? Mm -hmm. Which helps us understand we, we put this gospel and according to the scriptures out to people who have never heard it or who have never obeyed. But this passage applies to people who have actually maybe been in water. Yes, sir. They may, it would be wise to take a look again to what the Scripture says to see if they understood yes, sir. what God's teachings were prior to going into the water. Because what we're saying here today is that you could actually have been in the water covered up in the water mm -hmm. and yet not met the mandates of New Testament baptism. Absolutely. And, and, and actually that's exactly what happened in the book of Acts where Paul meets a group who were baptized correct. under John's baptism. And you bring an outstanding point. Um, we have to be taught and we have to understand. Brother Williams, what is it then that we have to be taught and what is it then that we have to understand before we are ready to be subjects for baptism. In contrast, according to the scripture, to what happened uh, in the Old Testament. Yes, sir. I'd like to refer us to Hebrews chapter 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few verses, beginning with verse number 14. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, baptism is not isolated uh, from all of the other teachings concerning salvation. Uh, it's a combination of the end result of a life having been sinful, uh, being forgiven of that sin, and then operating on a new plane or in a new life. Mm -hmm. uh, in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 14, it says, For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified, Wherefore the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he had said before, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, said the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Mm -hmm. Now let me just pause and say it's not because the laws of God are written in the hearts and the minds that their iniquities and sins are not remembered no more. Mm -hmm. But he continued, Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiness of the blood of Jesus, yes, sir. we have to enter into the holiness of the blood of Jesus. How do we accomplish that? Baptism is that process by which we enter into the blood of Jesus. And we, by a new and living way which he had consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh. 
and having a high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart. Yes, sir. In full assurance of faith. Yes, sir. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience mm-hmm. and our bodies washed in pure water. Mm-hmm. So the candidate uh, who is subject to baptism must have their hearts and their mind involved in the process. And that comes by an understanding of the Word of God, which in turn we refer, and Jesus referred that to as the gospel. Yes, sir. And that excludes babies, does it not? You have to be able to hear it and understand it in order to be a candidate for it, correct? Well, we know babies uh, do not have the law of God written in their hearts. Yes, sir. Uh, as a matter of fact, under the law of Moses, they, they were the parents were instructed to write the laws on the doorpost, mm-hmm. uh, teach it to them in the morning, in mm-hmm. the evening, and, and, and at noon, in order that these laws might be inculcated into their hearts. Now, by the time they understand and that evil become present, they know the Lord, the laws of God, and are able to make a distinction between the two, and at that time, they can be baptized for the remission of their sin, for they understand that they are sinners, not because, and even though they have sinned according to their own lust, but not because they have sinned according to their own lust, mm-hmm. but they are, we are sinners by, simply by the fact that Adam sin, yes, sir. and we must be transitioned from a life in the flesh which we have according to Adam to a life in the spirit which we get according to Jesus Christ. So in order to have this life in Jesus Christ, we must first be in, in Jesus Christ. Christ. Amen. If I'm not mistaken, the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 1 in the verses 3 that all spiritual blessings are found in Christ Jesus. Amen. So in, in, the, in the few moments that we have left, we've talked about uh, what baptism is. We've talked about who's a candidate for it. Now let's talk about baptism itself. What is its purpose? What's the purpose for baptism in the time that we have remaining? In First Peter chapter 3 and 21, the Bible says that baptism is the answer of a good conscience toward God. God. Amen. Baptism is that answer. Yes, sir. Of a good conscience toward God. Mm-hmm. Uh, babies do not have a conscience awareness of God per se. Yes, sir. Uh, that he is the savior of their soul. So baptism is the answer of a good conscience toward God. That's Amen. what baptism is. Brother Johnson, thank yes. you, Brother Williams. Yes, baptism connects us with a fellowship with Christ Jesus and yes, with sir. the saints. And bapti- baptism puts us into the benefits of his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And baptism washes away sin. Amen. Because we do did what God said do, like he said do it, when he said do it. And he saves us and places us in the realm of the saved. Acts 2.41 and Acts 2.47. Amen. Now, just, just real quick, there's a controversy that's going on because there are some people who says, well, we, at our place of worship we have what's called a baptism Sunday. We believe a person is saved before they're baptized. They, 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 they come to faith and then they're saved at that point. And then when we have a baptism Sunday, it may be the first Sunday of the month or it may be a quarterly Sunday, then we're baptized. But they actually believe that salvation precedes baptism. Uh, according to the scriptures, what does God's word have to say about that? 
example, in Mark 6, uh, 16, 15 to 16, the Bible says, He that believeth yes, sir. and is baptized yes, sir. shall be saved. Mm -hmm. And so belief is connected to baptism by and, which is a copulative conjunction that combines two things of equal rank. Mm -hmm. And so he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. It does not say he saved and then baptized. Yes, sir. And so, and I would say, just in good common sense, if, if I was saved before I was baptized, I would not get wet. There's no it, reason. It wouldn't make any sense. Amen. Brother Williams? Oh, yes. Uh, I, I'd like to uh, use an analogy that uh, when I was being taught to preach, uh, my mentor would say that uh, a gospel preacher is like parrot. His vocabulary is limited to what? The book says. Yes, sir. According to the scripture. Amen. Uh, in other words, if you teach Polly to say Polly wants a cracker, then that's the extent of his vocabulary. Polly yes, sir. Wants a cracker. Now, if Polly comes in one day and says that uh, I want one of those uh, uh, little tasty pastries, salted <laughs> pastries, flat pastries, you know, Polly has been studying somewhere. Yes. And so I, I don't worry about what other people say. Uh, uh, baptism does uh, or does not do. Uh, that's they are basing their soul salvation and their, the end of their eternity on whatever they are saying. Amen. But we teach men if, if Jesus said, "He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved," we go out and we teach people, "He that believeth and Amen. is baptized shall be saved." Amen. Heaven has not changed that. Amen. Well, gentlemen, I want to take the time to thank you. Thank you very much. Acts 2.38 is still in the Bible. Amen. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the incredible thing about that is the same sentence structure in Acts 2.38 is the same sentence structure in Matthew 26.28, where Jesus says, this cup is the New Testament in my blood which is shed for many for the remission of sins. If salvation is before baptism then our sins are forgiven before Jesus shed his blood. Amen. So, uh, and that we all know that didn't happen. Again, I want to thank Brother Williams from the uh, Freetown Road Church of Christ located in Grand Prairie. I want to thank Brother Johnson from the North DeSoto Church of Christ located in uh, DeSoto, Texas. Gentlemen, it's been an honor. It has also been an honor sharing with you about the one baptism. If you have any questions over anything you've heard on this broadcast, feel free to contact us, and we will give you a Bible answer for your question. Again, my name is Mike Crosby. I'm with the South Garland Church of Christ, the minister, and blessed to be there. I want to thank each and every one of you, and let's continue to improve our knowledge of God's Word according to the Scriptures. God bless you. We'd like to thank you for watching our broadcast today. If you would like copies of our materials, feel free to contact us at the number and email address at the bottom of your screen, and they can be sent to you at no charge. May God continue to bless us all as we walk our life according to the scriptures.